You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Given it is still, you know, these times that we live in, always looking for some new bingeable TV and no one better to ask than our next guest. He is the chief TV critic for Rolling Stone magazine, countless books, including The Soprano Sessions, which came out last year. He is Alan Seppenwall, who was nice enough to give us a few minutes on uh, this Saturday. Alan, always a pleasure to speak to you. Hey, Gordon. Thanks for having me. All right. First and foremost, before we get to the TV stuff, more importantly, who do you want to be the Knicks' next head coach? Who do you think it will be? And can those two things, who you want and who you get, ever be the same thing? No, because it's the Knicks. It can never be. <laughs> the Knicks, right now what they're doing, they're doing this very clever maneuver, which is they're putting Jason Kidd out there so that I will then accept Tom Thibodeau, even though I really want Kenny Atkinson because Jason Kidd is too scary to consider as the coach. I mean, it's going to be Tibbs. There's no way it won't be uh, at this rate. Every, all signs point to Tibbs, and Tibbs is a good coach, but I worry that like his defensive scheme is 10 years out of date, and he's also going to grind uh, Mitchell Robinson's knees into pace. So you, you take what you can get when you root for this stupid team. <laughs> all right, there you go. Starting off strong with the hot takes. All right, Alan, so one of the reasons I wanted you to have on, uh, because it felt like, not that long ago, although it feels like years ago, with all the streaming services, it felt like there was just too much content for the average person and just not enough time. And now it kind of feels like that has flipped to a certain degree. Have you noticed a drop-off in the amount of content coming in? There's definitely been a drop-off over the last couple of months especially. Um, you know, when the quarantine started back in March, there were still more things than I had time to, to watch. It's not just the average person who can't see all these shows. It's a professional TV critic. Like, I spend half of every day tearing my hair out trying to figure out how I'm going to make time to watch all of these things. But lately, there's definitely been uh, – the tap has not dried up yet, but it has slowed from a flood to at least a trickle. There's, you know, maybe, you know, one or two things of interest debuting each week as opposed to, you know, dozens. Does it feel it almost feels like a lot of times for me that I'll see things now that I don't feel like if we were in normal times might have seen the light of day. Is that uh, is that the case or is that just my perception? There's been some of that. ABC is debuting. I think it's ABC is debuting a show uh, this week that they ordered over a year ago and was basically never going to air but they've just run out of stuff. And so suddenly, you know, they're like, oh, we have this on the shelf. We have six episodes of it. Might as well do it. All right. So give us a new show, you know, something binge watched uh, that maybe has flown under the radar that people aren't aware of that, that you saw and you were, you know, big fan of. All right. One of my favorite shows of the last few years, and now all four seasons are up on Hulu, and it's sports themed. So I'm going to start there is Brockmeyer with Hank Azaria as like this disgraced baseball announcer trying to make a comeback starting at like the lowest level of the independent minor leagues. It's incredibly funny. It's also, I should warn you, incredibly filthy, but it's a really good show. There's only, I think, eight, ep- there's only 32 episodes total if I'm doing the math right. And it's really good. And it, you know, you could go through the whole thing in a weekend and you will laugh a whole lot. All right, so Brockmire is one that is on my list. And look, if you're not getting to your list now, then you got to throw out your list. So that's one that I have certainly lined up. So that might be my next start. Uh, anything else that has you know come out, not even recently, maybe in the last year that has, has – I know that um, uh, HBO has had some stuff that I really liked. Um, uh, oh, what was the superhero one that I'm completely blanking Watchmen. on? Watchmen. I was going to yes, mention Watchmen. Watchmen was fantastic. 
That was really fantastic. Um, you know, it's sort of it's based on this 30 year old comic book, but it's a, the story feels really relevant to today. Like every day I see some new thing in the news and think, wait a minute, this was a plot on Watchmen. How is this actually happening now? It's a very, you know, dark and intense and really gripping show. And that was one of the very best things that was on TV last year. I highly recommend that one. All right, let's dive into some controversy because I started, we're speaking with Alan Sepinwall, who is the chief TV critic at uh, Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, I sparked a little bit of a brouhaha at the station uh, a few months back when I said that Ozark, the show on Netflix, which is very popular, was an overrated show. So I think you have to first establish what people around me were saying, that it was the best show on TV, that it's in the range, it belongs in the range of shows like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. You would think, Alan, that people here at the station were producers on. I thought Rick DiPietro was related to Jason Bateman. He was so offended. What, as a professional television critic, is Ozark one of the great shows? You've written books about The Sopranos. Breaking Bad. Do you have any plans to write a book about Ozark? That would require me to watch more than five or six episodes of Ozark, which I do not intend to do. So, even in quarantine times, no, there's so even in quarantine time, my to do list is pretty long, and Ozark is not even on it. I've that to me, that show, I understand why there's a passion for that show because people really love that kind of show they really loved breaking bad they really loved the sopranos the shield all of these shows about sort of charismatic anti-heroes who keep making big mistakes and you know every everything that they fix they create three more problems and that's all it is and i just don't think this is a really good example of it it's just a high profile example of it because it's on netflix and it has jason bateman and laura laney in it but i don't think it's very good I I have actually a theory on this, and you tell me if this makes any sense whatsoever. I feel like Ozark is the perfect Netflix show because most time that you're watching Netflix, you're not paying 100% attention. You know, you're on your phone, you're on your iPad, you're doing other things, uh, and they need it's a show that has these big, splashy shockers and that that's why people love it so much because they're not really paying attention to it at all times. Am I nuts in that theory thinking it's like the perfect Netflix show, that it would not work on, like, network TV as well? No, like, if you had to watch one hour of Ozark at a time, you would give up in three or four weeks. But I think there's definitely a sense that, like, a lot of these Netflix shows realize they have to be just kind of good enough, and as long as they have a big shocking thing right as the episode is ending, they know that their interface is going to start auto-playing the next episode. Eh, Well, I might as well see what happens next. I'm kind of curious about that. And that's all they really focus on. So there's there's a lot of Netflix shows that are very happy to be like B-minus, B, maybe B-plus quality, and that's about it. And I'm not even sure I would go that high with Ozark, but certainly there's enough crazy things that happen in those episodes that I get it. We're talking with Alan Seppenwall here, 98.7 FM. All right, this one might be a little bit more controversial, and we might actually disagree on this one. Do you believe that Better Call Saul has become, I'll say, as great a show as Breaking Bad was at its peak? I think it is capable of being as great as Breaking Bad at its peak. I think there are certain ways in which it's better than Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad has the more exciting story because, you know, there's all these ex- literal explosions and drug deals and everything else. And there's there's some of that on Better Call Saul, but not as much. But the people making the show have been in this world for about 15 years now, and they're just better at making this kind of show than they were in the early days of Breaking Bad. So, like, when Better Call Saul is really good, it's at least at the Breaking Bad level, and sometimes it rises above that. 
I got to be honest, when I first heard the idea that they were going to have a spinoff show about you know, Saul Goodman, I thought, oh boy, that's a mistake. And uh, I, I, it's been fantastic. I don't, I don't believe it's raised to the level of Breaking Bad. I, to, to me, it can't raise to that level. That's my all-time favorite entertainment show. Uh, but it's been, I, I can't get over how good it has been. No, and I, I was felt the same way, not just because I didn't want a spinoff, but I didn't want a spinoff about Saul Goodman, who was an entertaining character on Breaking Bad, but seemed like a pretty thin character. Mm-hmm. And it turned out everyone making it agreed with that. And what's made Better Call Saul great is they figured, all right, well, what, what actually makes him tick? What's interesting about him? And so we've seen very little of, you know, quote unquote, Saul Goodman so far. But we've seen a lot of Jimmy McGill, who's turned out to be a really great character. And Kim Wexler is like my favorite Fantastic. person on all of television right yeah. now. I love that character and that performance. All right. So uh, obviously 2020, everybody's brought up how 2020 has been the worst year. It's, uh, there's nothing good. I, at least we have the knowledge now that uh, if, when the pandemic eventually does subside, if that ever happens anytime soon, we are assured of at least one more season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, and I thought that the latest season, while still not like the best Curb Your Enthusiasm, was much better than the one they did a year or two before. So, I like if they want to come back uh, and a pandemic season of Curb Your Enthusiasm just so could be a lot of fun because that's like Larry David in his element. You know, put on your mask. Why aren't you wearing a mask? Right. Yeah. Leon, I think, is non mask guy. Larry is clearly mask. Mocha Joe, he might be non mask. <laughs> And also just Larry, like, finding excuses to avoid people due to the pandemic. Like, this might be the greatest time of Larry David's life right, <laughs> right. now. Well, Alan Seppenwall, always enjoy reading you. I've followed you for years, and it's always great to get a chance to speak to you. Uh, and certainly uh, you are needed at these times more than ever as we try to find things to uh, navigate the pandemic. <laughs> I'm doing my best here, Gordon. Thank you. All right. That is Alan Seppenwall, chief TV critic for uh, Rolling Stone, fantastic books. If you enjoy Mad Men, if you enjoy uh, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, he's got books out about all of them. You're looking for something to do. It's amazing how hard, though, even in these times, people are going just to not read a book, right? Like you'd see these videos every day of somebody hitting a ping pong ball into a little tiny cup. They're banging this thing off the wall that ricochet. Nobody wants to read a book, but go read a book. It'll make you a little bit smarter, especially as something as great as The Sopranos or Breaking Bad. You're listening to The Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN.